Session three of the Vegetable Garden. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Vegetable Garden by Ida Dandridge Bennett. Chapter three, Planning the Garden. The work of planning the garden, inasmuch as it consists in deciding what and how much we shall plant, and where we shall plant it. May very well be done long in advance of the season of active operations. Indeed, it is a distinct and pleasurable advantage to make the long winter evenings supplement the long summer days by devoting a portion of them to the seed catalogues and other garden literature. The selection of varieties of vegetables to grow should be largely influenced by those which form one's daily fare throughout the season. Vegetables which are seldom purchased. Unless it be because of their high price or scarcity, may not profitably be cultivated in the home garden. But in the case of high-priced products, then the home garden demonstrates its economic value as enabling one to indulge in otherwise unattainable luxuries. Plainly, then, one shall grow in abundance those things of which most consumption is made. There will be a demand for those vegetables. Which come earliest in spring, rhubarb, asparagus, radishes, lettuce, and such quick-growing things, and for vegetables which may be stored in the cellar to increase the non-too-generous varieties of the winter larder, potatoes, parsnips, carrots, squash, and the like, sweet corns, beans, peas, and beets, especially those for early greens, cabbage, cauliflower, and tomatoes. Will be indispensable summer products, which must be provided for. A little study of the catalogues or of the instructions under the heading of various vegetables will show the height of this, the period at which they are in season, and the distance apart they should be planted. And this data will furnish the necessary information as to quantity of seed or number of plants required for a given area. If the land devoted to the kitchen garden is comprised in the boundaries of a city lot, the arrangement will necessarily be somewhat different than that which would prevail in the country, where the garden occupies more ground and is more or less retired from observation. On the city lot, it is always to the family at least in evidence, and should be made as attractive as possible. This may best be achieved by planting the more ornamental vegetable in front, and relegating the tallest and the least ornamental to the rear. On the limited area of a village lot, it will not be expedient to grow vegetables which require so large an amount of room as pumpkins, squash, and melons. But room should be found for a hill or two of cucumbers, in order that one may possess these appetizing fruits at the best. I have grown very good cucumbers and melons too, by the way. On the hand park fence, thus not only producing a crop from a strip of land not readily available for other purposes, but affording some useful shade for the poultry yard, a post or two set anywhere convenient, with a length of netting stretched from post to post, may take the place of the fence, or they may be grown against the side of a building. The growing of this class of vegetables on netting is perfectly rational. Nature has provided the vines with clinging tendrils, and evidently intend them to be used. 
The stems of all of this class of plants are quite strong enough to support the fruit until it is perfectly ripe, when it drops of its own accord and thus furnishes a sure guide for its harvest. Moreover, melons and cucumbers grown on netting are far more attractive in appearance than when grown on the ground, as they are not soiled, stained, discolored, or rot by contact with the earth. The difference in appearance between pickles grown on netting and those grown on the ground is marked indeed, the former being beautifully green and bright, and if they were grown in sufficient quantities to be market, there would nothing sell against them. I do not think they bear quite as freely as when grown on the ground, but then I have never given them the extra culture that would produce the highest results. If well cultivated throughout the season, and watered and supplied with weekly doses of liquid manure, the returns would doubtless be highly satisfactory, and this extra labor would be far less than that involved in gathering the fruit from the ground. The backyard friends of an ordinary lot will furnish sufficient room for the growing of all the vegetables of this sort need by a small family, and a strip about three feet wide should be spaded along the fence and thoroughly manured. Afterwards, it will be well to mix a large spadeful of manure and a spoonful of phosphate in each hill prepared for cucumbers, melons, or squash. Between these hills, which will be from four to six feet apart, beets for early greens, radishes, lettuce, string beans, early peas, onions for use green, corn salad, mustard, endive, spinach, parsley, and any herbs may be planted. As most of these things are of quick growth and are usually planted for a succession throughout the summer, at intervals of a few weeks, and where the space does not admit of but two or three varieties, those which mature early should be planted first, and when they have been used, the ground may be cleared and a full crop start. By planning to use such available space for these early things, they are gotten out of the way of the main crop and the garden proper left for things which require the entire season to mature. A good broad path will be advisable down through the center of the garden for convenience in working, and a narrower one along the sides, if this part is to be planted as suggested. It will be more convenient in cultivating if the lines of vegetables run straight across the garden. This is especially to be advised if an attempt to use a horse in caring for it is to be made, and even where the work is to be done with a hand cultivator, this will be the most economical arrangement of space and labor. If the land runs east and west, the taller plantings should be on the north, so that the lights will not be shut off from the lower growing vegetables. Corn grows so much taller than anything else cultivated that it should, if possible, be placed in the rear. In front of it, the few hills of early potatoes, which it is possible to grow on a city lot, may be planted, as they are the least ornamental of vegetables. Cabbage and coniferous grow of corresponding height, and may be planted side by side and given the same treatment. Tomatoes may follow the potatoes, and so on in the order of height until the front of the garden is reached, and such ornamental vegetables as remain may be placed. The accompanying diagram will be of assistance, and it is quite possible for an ordinary lot of twelve rows by four, 
allowing the egg rolls of the wheel of the lord for the growing of vegetables. It is not intended, however, that anyone should follow this chart arbitrarily. It is merely suggestive, and many of the vegetables indicated may be discarded and more of others planted to take their place, or a rod or two at the rear may be devoted to the growing of small fruit, red and black cap raspberries, or currants, gooseberries, or even a small strawberry bed. End of chapter 3